Welcome to How Not to DM. I'm your host, Derek. Thanks for joining me on my quest to interview the very best dungeon masters on this plane of existence. A couple of quick announcements, and then we'll get started. I'm very excited to announce that I've got an affiliate deal with Hero Forge. If you're looking for some minis to spice up a brand new campaign, or want to create some memories of old characters, give their awesome 3D model creation tool a try. Use the link in my link tree to check it out. Also, next time you're looking for dice, check out adventuredice.ca. My friends Andrea and Blair have tons of inventory and their prices are all in Canadian dollars, so if you're stateside, you get an even better deal. Use my code HN, the number 2, DM for 10% off your order. Now, on to the guest introduction. Russell is the DM of a brand new D&D actual play and stream called Spawn of Chaos. Born from a spark of ingenuity and kept alive by the sheer willpower of the cast and crew, Spawn of Chaos is an upstart show with lofty ambitions. Russell is quite the character and has been dreaming up fantasy worlds and practicing crazy character accents since he was a kid. You could say he's been working on his craft for years, and it shows. Enjoy! My name is Russell Eugene Welch III. No, that is not a stage name. That is my actual name. I am the third Russell Eugene Welch. I've always been that crazy person, like, and I mean crazy person, who's always wanted to, like, write and tell stories, like, part of my daily routine still, and I've done it every day just about. I think I've missed, like, four days in the past 10 years, is I go outside and I, like, talk to myself. I do a bunch of different voices. I, like, do my practicing, my acting, and I swear, everywhere I've lived, which has been many places, I'm sure most of my neighbors think I should have been locked up because they literally just see this person pacing for minutes or hours at a time, morning and night, in their backyard, like talking to themselves in a bunch of different voices. So that's who I am. I'm that crazy person. Nice. As far as gaming goes, when did you find tabletops or when did they find you? So I'd always heard about them, but I'd heard about them in kind of like the, oh, it's like witchcraft and evil and whatever. And I was just like, whatever, <laughs> like that sounds pretty like a stretch, but I never really got around to it until I got into college. And then there was a club there that played it. So I started playing in that club and that was pretty crazy because uh, we started on three and that was a trip. So do you remember the first game you ran, kind of how that happened, how you decided you were going to start running your own games? And then do you remember what the game was like, what module you ran or what your homebrew was like and kind of how it went? Right. So it was never a module. Funny thing, I've never actually DM'd a module ever. First campaign that I ever DM'd was actually the first game that I also played. So I DM'd before I ever played, which was interesting. So I went to that club and they're like, we don't have a DM. We need somebody to DM this one shot we're doing for today. And uh, I was like, what are the rules? And they were like, they had all the, <laughs> they had the rule books there for their club. Apparently they spent the whole club's budget on buying the books. And so they just had a stack of books there. And they're like, these are the rules. And I open them up and I'm like, this is cool. Can anybody give me a five minute summary? And so they gave me a five minute summary. And I'm like, that's fine. I can make up the rest. And we just winged it. Like yeah. we just went off the charts and it was bonkers. Um, I learned some of the rules as we went. We made up as many rules as we learned, and it was just wild. We were just doing whatever, just living fast and free. That's awesome. That's honestly the best way to get into it. So you've been DMing for about a decade then. What are some of the worst mistakes that you have made behind the screen? It could be specific ones. It could be overarching themes in the way you ran games. You know, What are some things that you would suggest people avoid doing? 
when something happens like not the way I intended or when I interpret a rule wrong and then somebody points it out to me or something goes off the rails, like that's an opportunity to learn. But that's also a priceless, interesting experience that is unique to me. And if I just live in the moment and enjoy and appreciate those experiences and learn from it, then every single moment is a learning experience. And it's an experience that I grow and expand as a person and have a priceless memory. So I don't believe in mistakes as a DM. I don't believe people make mistakes. I believe that when, if we think about them too harshly in terms of mistakes, that can really limit us. And then we become afraid because we think we'll do things wrong. All right. In that case, what are the learning experiences that have impacted you most. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Learning experiences that impacted me the most. I would say one of the biggest things that I learned is to never underestimate other people's problem solving and creativity. Like n- never never think or assume that you are smarter than someone else or you've thought of everything. I'm going to steal a story secondhand from actually my brother when he played D&D. So he did this, but I was witness to it and it was epic secondhand witness. But basically he gamed the economy and like made a buttload of gold. And then he got a bag of holding and then spent all of his gratuitous amounts of gold on just hundred million marbles and then like climbed to the top of this Coliseum where they were supposed to fight the dragon and then just like emptied it out and buried the dragon in marbles and then melted it into just a a block of glass. And like, that's the kind of like nonsense that really just changes the way you think about not just problem solving in the game, but I think to me, it changes the way that I problem solve in real life is just to think about like, like what haven't I approached? Like what's a new angle you can look at this at? What's an exciting thing you can do? What's something you hadn't predicted and being open to those possibilities. Shifting to games that you've run and, or, uh, you know, encounters and, and stuff that is particularly memorable. What are some of your favorite memories of improv, whether it be your improv or characters improv or role-playing or combat from your games that, you know, kind of happened accidentally, but have been remembered very fondly because of how fun they were. I'm going to give a really cheap answer to this one too. And I'm going to say, overwhelmingly, my favorite moment is, and I'll I'll provide some examples and some stories after I say this, but overwhelmingly, my favorite moment is really whatever I'm doing right now. Like, Like every time I sit down to play a game with my players, every time I sit down to like, DM, whether it's Robo Recording Heralds or Emissaries, or it's like a private game with my friends, or I'm playing the game, I really just love to just let go. Like we we don't live in the past and we don't live in the future. Like we take them with us, but but we but we live in the present. And I really just let myself, and I think that really affects the way that I play and the freedom with which that I play and that I improvise. And I think that infects my players as well is the freedom to just fully be in the moment and accept what's happening, having a good time and accepting the way things unfold. Some great examples of that just within the show is when, uh, so I had planned this encounter with like a bunch of undead and there's basically this wall of undead coming at my players. And I was like, this is so much undead that they'll have to go the other way. Like they'll just look at it and they'll be like, no way we're getting around this. No way we're fighting this. We're just going to turn and go the other way. And 
like right behind them was like a big old door in the side of the mountain. But it's like, well, far be it from me to bully them into doing anything because the wizard is just like expeditious retreat and just zips through all of them. And now the party's split. And it's just like, well, I have no idea what's going to come from here. Like, this is out of my hands. <laughs> I just listened to that bit. So it was very funny. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was like worried. I was like, oh no. Like, are we going to like TPK in episode two of the show the entire party like what's gonna happen here yeah but you just gotta go with it yeah yeah just gotta go with it yeah i like the way you described enjoying whatever moment you're in when you're playing because that's something that i feel like i should do more is when i'm playing and we're all sitting around the table and no matter what we might be doing especially as a dungeon master sometimes my mind is so preoccupied with thinking about what's happening next and what the world might be doing as a result of the decisions they're making. But to kind of sit back and just enjoy the thing that you're all creating together is some of the most rewarding time for me. And so, yeah, I love that, that that's something that you really enjoy as well. Honestly, I think that's the holy grail of storytelling. Like so many of us have this creative itch that we want to scratch, where we want to tell stories and share stories and experience these awesome things with other people. But we don't have time to like write a whole book. We don't have the budget to produce a movie or a TV show. But we can all sit down with friends in, in a structure and environment that we, we trust with people that we trust in a, in a safe way. We can build our own worlds and universes and do all kinds of crazy things that are limited only by our imagination. And we can do it collaboratively together with other people adding exciting twists and turns where even you don't know exactly how it's going to turn out. You've been DMing for a while. You, We were talking a little bit before the show about how you and I both maybe consume a bit more D&D content than we like to admit sometimes. So with that in mind, who are some of your major Dungeon Master influences? So I watch, obviously, a lot of what what people might consider the giants and then a lot of like little very niche things on uh twitch and uh podcasts and youtube and stuff like that and i try to steal like a little bit of something from absolutely everybody yeah i don't think i lean super heavily on a singular person but i i love to find value in literally everyone that i encounter and I would say to like name drop a specific person. Actually, I'm going to say Josiah, who's my oldest brother, who I've never actually seen him DM a game of D&D, but it kind of planted the idea of DMing in my brain. And when I, when I ran into it, I was like, oh yeah, that reminded me of something that he did and inspired me and pushed me to do it. So Josiah, when we were younger, like our parents were a little bit skittish about like the whole D&D thing at that time. And so mm -hmm. we weren't really subjected to it. But Josiah all on his own came up with this game that he called Talk About It, where like we'd take like long field trips in our family bus because I come from a family of 10. And so we had like a 15 passenger van that we traveled around in and we'd go on yeah. long trips as a family. And so we'd just be sitting in this van for hours. And so Josiah would play this game called Talk About It, where we'd just sit there and we'd invent like crazy characters or like zany stories. And and he would just like narrate the story and then like play a lot of the characters. And then we would play our own specific character and navigate this world. And when I first encountered D&D, &D, that's what I was like, oh, let's talk about it. And it was a perfect segue. And it made a connection in my mind where I already had an idea of how much fun and collaborative and communal it could be just from that. So I think more than anything, I should give my oldest brother credit for planting that seed 
in my brain to grow over the years so that when I finally ran into D&D, it blossomed. That's really cool. I It makes me wish that I had listened to less books on tape and played less Pokemon on the Game Boy on road trips, you know, if I could have been doing stuff like that. <laughs> well, it helps when you have eight brothers and a sister and then, you know, there's that many of you. Now let's kind of transition to your current project. We've talked about it a little bit, but tell us what Spawn of Chaos is. Tell us how the idea came to be, how your group got together, and, you know, how you built this thing from the ground up. Spawn of Chaos is like, I mean, it's like a dark fantasy Dungeons and Dragons story where the characters really have like deeply rooted different biases and propaganda that they've been fed from the time they're young and like different religious philosophies and political philosophies and perceptions of the world. And then we take these extremely complex characters that have all these competing ideas and we mash them together on an epic quest. And then we do it all in like basically 90 minute episodes so that it's not like really long episodes. Like, I mean, I, I love Critical Role, but four hours a week is a lot to ask of some people. Like, yep. obviously, they're doing something right because a lot of people don't care and do it anyway. But I'm not sure that I, I, I can ask four hours a, a week out of people and I'll get it. So, so, we, so it's a very, like, the, here's the pitch part. Like, it's a very streamlined experience where we tape the episodes and then we edit them down to the best moments. And then that's what we push out there. And then it's pretty well produced. Uh, we have great sound effects and music and video editing. Like, I'm really proud of my team for all the work they put into every single episode. And they're all works of art. And obviously, we're, we're a small indie team that's doing this on a shoestring budget. So we have a long way to go. But I'm, I'm really proud of them. And they really put their heart and soul into all of it. We collaboratively make it together. So it's made by a passionate team. To me, what it is personally, I mentioned this kind of before. Like, it's the holy grail of storytelling. So origin story is, I, I mentioned that I didn't for a while know that I could do this for a living. So Paige and I were actually producing, Paige is my uh, CFO and our production manager for the show. And she's been my best friend for 10 years. Pa Paige and I were producing a like philosophy podcast for like, I have like a little basically indie boutique media company called Lingering Shadows Productions, which is just basically the legal, bare minimum legal paperwork that I have to file up to, you know, do what I do and get away with it. Paige and I had been doing that for a while. Like, I think it was like six or seven months. And then Paige was like, and we were talking about like uh, the next book that I was going to write. And she edits my books for me. Uh, we were talking about the next book that I was going to write and like maybe different projects we could do and maybe what like next kind of podcast we wanted to do. And Paige was like, why don't we like combine them together and do like a story podcast? And I was like, that's an amazing idea. What kind of story podcast? And we fell down that rabbit hole. And then Paige started showing me like all these D&D podcasts that I'd watched. I'd listened and watched them before, but I've never really thought about it. But she's like, can you do that? Can we do that? And I was like, yeah, yeah, actually, we can do that. I don't know why we didn't think of this before. Paige, you're a genius. Like, we should do that. And so uh, we started plotting and scheming and scheming and plotting. And from, from there, we started putting together the ground levels of, like, what the campaign would be. And I basically, like, I'd been working on this universe 
that it takes place within for literally two decades. I've been working on this and like I've written books in it and I just basically like pirated all of this like stuff that I from myself, from my books and novels and all that stuff and previous campaigns. And I, and I drew on it to start creating this campaign. And then I started basically beta testing the campaign with another group of players who played through it, who are friends of mine, who are all great people who did a great job and were very patient with me. Like, basically throwing all kinds of wacky stuff their way. From there, once I felt like I was comfortable with it, we put out a casting call and we put out like looking for positions to fill them. And then just like it blew my mind. Like we had an absolute, like I was expecting a lot of like people who were interested, but we had a huge amount of people who were interested in auditioning. We had so many and that's where it got crazy. Like Paige and I ended up like having like being booked like 10 minute auditions all day, every day for like two weeks to get through. I closed the auditions and like we spent two weeks auditioning all of the people. We ended up finding within those a lot of the things that we were looking for because surprise, surprise, all kinds of people play D&D and you can get some of all sorts. And we ended up with people also from literally all over the globe. We have two people on the team in Australia. We have somebody in Germany. We have somebody in the UK. We have two people in South America and totally different like sides of South America. We have people all across the United States on the team. Like it's, it's crazy. And like from there, it just exploded into the project that we had because it went from just me and Paige working on this to an entire team of almost 20 people. And now here we are like cranking out episodes and I've really fallen in love with my team because they are amazing and talented and passionate people. And I worked really hard to, you know, onboard people who I could put up with all the time because I wanted people that I could love and enjoy being around for years. Tell us how long you've been working on the world of Gregor Shiav and what are some of the things that have influenced your world the most outside of what you've already created? So not specifically Gregor Shiav. I say I've been working on Gregor Shiav for about a year now. But for like the universe that it takes place within, I've been working on for 20 years as far as like inspirations. I've read a lot of I've obviously read I say a lot or too much of like so many names I could name drop of like big people like J.R. Martin and J.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis and and like like such a plethora of other people like so many people who are prominent today but really I would say like Mm. I really love to read all of the and I did ever since I was little like the the like the mythology and the legends of like the Mayans and the Aztecs and the Incas and ancient Egypt and and like the old like Druids and and the Celtic fairy tales and and the old like Chinese fairy tales and and like the the lore around like the creation stories and like beasts in 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 Persia and Babylon and in ancient Japan and like all those stuff like I and Native American and India and like they have, there's so many like cool rich and I feel like my connection to ancient mythology like Greek and Norse and all that stuff is because to me. Maybe this just exists in my head, but to me, I think there's a different kind of feel you get from that old mythology, because to me, I picture like if you're a person who was alive way back then, or even like before that, and you picture someone who looks up at the night sky in a time when like they were erecting like before even like 
when we're starting to form civilizations, you look up at the night sky and you don't understand all of these things. Like, like the, the amount, the sheer amount of like overwhelming wonder in just questions you ask of the universe and how open-ended and broad and limitless it seems of like so many things, like just walking through the woods feels like full of magic and spirits to them. Not because they're like ignorant backwards people who don't understand all of the things we do, but because they don't have that information, their imagination fills in everything. And I want to create a world that gives people that sense of wonder and imagination where you look up at the night sky and you look across the horizon and it's just a world filled with endless possibility and wonder where anything can happen and it's so strange and exotic and unique and it fills you with excitement and passion and also sometimes horror and dread and fear and passion and adventure and we don't have all of the answers we don't have all of the answers and we don't know everything but we get to discover them and learn about them together Let's talk about what makes Spawn of Chaos unique and special amongst the D&D streams and podcasts. You know, what in your mind is makes it, you know, different and interesting and noteworthy? I really think it comes down to a sense of wonder. So many other shows like do things better than I could do. Like Brennan is funnier than me. Matt Mercer has better <laughs> voices than me. Like there's so many DMs out there who are like, like crazier or stranger who have, who have like, they have their strengths and that's great. And like, I wouldn't compare myself to them, but what I think that we have that's really awesome and powerful is just the sheer depth and scope of the world in a way that doesn't seem like just an overwhelming amount of unnecessary, like info, but makes it feel like an expansive, living, breathing universe that has real people in it. Like, I want every single character and NPC within the world to feel like someone who's real and three-dimensional and complete, and that it just has such, like, such a vast, expansive, and colorful and diverse cultures and, and philosophies and everything else that it fills you with a sense of wonder with the possibility and the scope of it, of adventures around every corner. I liked that you didn't do like a huge lore dump at the beginning of the first episode. You do have the individual story arcs for each character that kind of give us some backstory and some context for you know their specific quests that they might be on or that kind of thing but yeah i think that there's a lot to be said for just dropping people right in the middle of the action uh which is exactly how your first uh few episodes start and uh letting them kind of put the pieces together themselves uh so yeah i think that that's a very compelling way to start a story and to uh to you know that a, a compelling journey to put your listeners on all right so you have released quite a few episodes thus far i would love to know what you feel like the goals are for the show in the next few months and then perhaps a year or so from now you know what are kind of the the main goals that you and the cast and crew are working towards realistically the short-term goal is just a small part of the long-term goal I feel such a strong responsibility to all the members of the team because they put their heart and soul into this every single week. So right now, like full transparency on how, like, how it works, like everybody makes a commission 
on the show. So like that's what everybody's contract is tied to. I'd like to eventually get people to a salary and commission hybrid where they make commission on the profit of the show and also have a salary. But right now we're all working on commission and the show isn't actually yet making any like meaningful amount of money. It's not even paying for its own production and we're operating on a shoestring budget. So these people are working, have been working for months for free to like fuel this dream. And realistically, my biggest goal and responsibility, I want to sound like like I'm just after money, but I am because right now I want to get to a point in which I can pay them fairly for all of the work that they're doing and I can feel like I'm treating them fairly and that it gives them freedom in their life to start doing this more and stop doing things that they don't want to do as much. And that this can, I really, as far as long-term goals, I want to build all of their careers. I want to make this their career. I want to make this what they do full time. I want to make this so that they can really express themselves creatively. So many of them I see feel trapped in their life where they're somewhere they don't want to be and they want to get out and I want to help them. Like I want to take care of them. I want to get them there so that they have that freedom to express themselves every single day. So that's, that's my goal is to make this all of their careers. That's a really cool goal. I like that. What are your parting words of wisdom and encouragement for new and aspiring or old and jaded DMs out there? Give yourself freedom to be yourself and be free. Let go and commit to whatever character voice you're doing or whatever you're creating. And it doesn't have to be perfect or even good. It's just you. And like, it's good for that reason. It's good if you're having fun and you're loving it. And that's really all it is. Like I said before, it's not the rules that make the game. It's the people. And I didn't say like, oh, it's the talented people or it's the great players or the talented DM who like puts in all the hours, like all those things like help and are nice and are great. End of the day, it's really just the communal aspect of sharing time together and telling a story together and having a good time. So give yourself permission to flub your lines or improvise something or retcon like the entire plot accidentally or you know like rewrite the rules on accident or whatever what whatever happens happens like it's okay. It's cool. Like roll with it and have a good time. That's what we're here for. At the end of the day, it's accumulation of priceless experiences that you have with people who matter to you that you can take with you forever. That's beautiful. Great advice. So we've talked a lot about Spawn of Chaos. Tell us where people can find information about it, how they can watch it, and then any other kind of projects, streams, podcasts, you know, whatever else you have to plug here. Spawn of Chaos, you can find that by typing Spawn of Chaos into YouTube on the search thing. We're on there. Or you can go to chaosawaits.com, which is our website, which will then take you to all of our other like socials and stuff like that um we have a bunch of other cool content on there like we have like a premium section of the website where you can watch previous after dark episodes which are like cast and crew commentary and read like thor shortened anthology stories about the world and where in a couple months we're going to be premiering a whole entire second DD show because we're actually uh this is how crazy i am and we are as a team is we're up producing two D&D shows at the same time, because why not? We're lunatics. Chaosawaits.com, or just type in Spawn of Chaos on YouTube, and you'll find us there. I look forward to seeing you. And what time does the show air each week, if they want to watch the live streams? It comes out 
Friday, 5 p.m. PDT on YouTube. If you don't catch it right at Friday, obviously it's YouTube, so you can catch it after also. Russell, I've had so much fun talking to you. It's been a lot of fun to wax poetic, to listen <laughs> to you wax poetic about your awesome cast, your awesome crew, and you know how you are all working so hard. Thanks so much for spending some time with your very busy schedule to chat with me. And I look forward to seeing where you and the rest of the Spawn of Chaos crew take this thing. Awesome. Thank you. It was a real pleasure speaking to you. You made this a very easy, seamless experience. You're just an enjoyable guy who's easy to talk to. And I really think you have something unique with this show. So don't stop. Thanks for listening to How Not to DM. If you enjoyed today's episode, share it with your friends and family around your gaming table, or leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or Good Pods. There are five more amazing, talented guests on my season one list, and I'm really excited about each of them. And then after that, I'll be taking a break until January 2022, when season two will start off with a bang. My intro and outro music is by my good friend Torin, aka Mr. Tape. Go check out his music on Spotify or Apple Music. And as always, until next time, roll some Nat 20s for me.